guess what voices we're going to be hearing here. You threatened me with impressions, and now I'm curious. I'm scared to see what happens. You got any? Because I, I got plenty. I don't you know. Just, if we might be starting off on the wrong foot here, Dylan. Well, I mean, you could be interviewing JFK right now if you play your cards right. You're not even holding the mic right. No, I'm not. No. Yeah, Sit up to my face like yeah. this? Hey, there you go, Captain America. All right. Nice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is Dylan. Dylan, can you please introduce yourself? I'm Dylan Burbridge. Chris found me on the streets. Uh, I, he's part of my climbing group. Not, not quite on the streets, more on the, on a cliff, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you do, Dylan? Well, uh, I make props. I am a prop man. I sell on Etsy, and I just like making things in general. Really. I am man of prop. I sell prop on Etsy. Nice. Oh, yes, I make, <laughs> I make thing that is fake. I take it, and I make it real. This thing. But real fake. <laughs> real fake doors. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. Oh my god. So yeah, Dylan. Uh, so you, this is a hobby, right? You know, or, I mean, you sell them on Etsy, but you know, yeah, you're it's, not like it's living more off of a them. hobby. No, I'm. Uh, quite frankly, I don't think I'd survive off these meager returns. I'd be eating rice and beans. Probably be dead by next week. But uh, you enjoy it, though. I do enjoy it. Yeah. It's, so you uh, just finished your first year of college, right, I believe. Yep, first year of college. What is it? So what are you studying? I'm studying mechanical engineering. Okay, so that's fitting for, for making stuff. I but. mean, this directly translates right into it. So. Okay. Okay. So, have you seen any like crossover between what you're studying in school and like working with real world stuff, or is it still like really abstract? I have. I have seen some crossover between it. Uh, the main thing I've seen though is a lot of people, not so many makers in the mechanical engineering field. Hmm. Which is odd to me. You um, think that like having like the knowledge of how the world works at your disposal, you'd make something out of that yeah and it's it's always really stand out when i do find someone like that when they sort of uh cross over and i finally get to talk to someone that's not just doing math or all the physics that they have you do could not i could not do that nope, no no I, I can nope. barely do it <laughs> yeah, <I'd laughs> but okay cool so you know that's what you're doing for your career is this you know where do you see yourself going? Do you want to go into more of like a prop production thing for like a career? Or is it just like a fun hobby you do for yourself? Well, these are more of a hobby, more to just get whatever's in my brain and physically build it with my hands. Just have a project. Exactly. Something to, to do, something to keep me busy. But as far as the field of mechanical engineering, I mean, going into my first year of college, I've learned it's, uh, it's not, not quite the, yeah. the, the uh, idea that it cracked up to be in my head. It's it's a lot less hands-on. It never is, is yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I f- lament the loss of many uh, college careers because it's not as fun or exciting as you might consider it to be. I, th- I think the problem is that they just really, they teach you between the lines, sort of. They don't allow you what to... What do you mean by that? Uh, they don't really, it's more math and physics and, and you're doing good on a test and it doesn't really... It doesn't really strengthen your creative thinking or problem solving. So you don't feel like it's challenging your critical thinking enough? Or no, like the, I, the practice or the application of these concepts? I think the application of the concepts is the problem. You're, you're taught to solve it the way they want you to solve it. Interesting. Without being allowed your own freedom to uh, fix the problem yourself. Okay. So I can understand trying to focus you uh for like initial so so this is your first year there will be getting more and more complex (laughs) i can almost guarantee they'll be challenging your critical thinking going on but 
yeah, I faced a similar thing in some other design school things and in business school. Uh, I, I minored in entrepreneurship, so I took all a random variety of business classes. But I also struggled with that when I was in school too. Of like, they're just teaching me a practice. Like, there's I'm not feeling challenged here. But then I think at some point I realized that. They're doing that on purpose to like drill in some like methods as like a baseline or a, a foundation. Actually, in design school, they called it foundation classes where you learn all these the baseline. Then you can kind of go from there for your own creative processing. So I got a good feeling. Hopefully that'll it'll loosen up a little bit for you. You can have some more hands on stuff. Yeah, but. of course. This is my first year, so I got a lot to learn. But yeah. uh, as far as turning it into a career. I see uh, I would like to blend sort of the two worlds of thinking like a mechanical engineer, but allowing myself more hands-on creativity. I could see myself doing product management while having the engineering skills of knowing the product and being able to market it. And I think uh, just sort of blending the worlds of, you know, the the technical by-the-book engineering Mm -hmm. and the more creative thinking, that's what I see myself in a career as. Okay, cool. And is there a particular industry you'd like to be in, if uh, not I mean, you know, prop making? <laughs> I would like to see uh, growth in the 3D printing industry because I think... So the, are these all 3D printed you have over here? These are all 3D printed. Oh, cool. And I, I really just love the concepts of 3D printers. Well, I can see that. Is it like one, two, three here for... Is this like... Oh, all, yeah, all the three yeah. In, yeah. The, in the stages, this was clearly the first. The uh, terrible little prototype here. And then... I just slowly taught myself more and more. Right, and it shows. You could definitely see like a clear delineation of your skills getting better. Like this is mostly like flat with like a single layer of paint. This one you got a little bit more texture, both like physically and in, in like the the painting itself. And this one is so cool. This like <laughs> chain sword knife <laughs> thing. That's awesome. This one was great because I uh, I finally sort of leapt out of just using three D printed parts for all of these. Mm, I see the bike chain on there. Yeah, I, t- cool. I took sort of other mediums. This was uh, this was the first time I used real metal powder, rusted Ooh. it, aged it. Is that oh, so? That's how you got the, the rust effect on there. Yep, I tried to really take everything and make the just the basic 3D printed object make it look real, really give it some texture and feel like it would be actually made out of the material that it should be. So for these like tips and tricks and how to like add depth and interest to your pieces, have, did you kind of figure that out by trial and error working with yourself or YouTube? How did you get to this that process? Was, that was a mix of trial and error and YouTube and um, sort of watching other people figure out the process allowed me better to figure it out by myself. I learned this rust trick from a YouTube video. Okay. And actually, this was one of the, um, since I, I sell these on Etsy, this was one of the uh, the moments that made me happiest is that I found this rust tutorial. And the guy who made it, he makes this, this beautiful prop. He rusts it perfectly. And I watched that tutorial to learn how to do it by myself. Okay. And one of my customers actually reviewed my item and... I saw him put it in a category alongside the YouTuber's prop <laughs> in, the, in the same group. That's awesome. And I was, I was sort of shocked. I was like, he, he thinks in his mind I'm on that level. I'd, I don't even think that of myself. And Well, I mean, you've done more here than I have ever had when I've made little gadgets here and there when I was a kid. So I, uh, I 
I would believe him. Like this is pretty pretty good up there. The collectible industry or the the culture behind making props and collectibles and the the details that people will go to that must be really satisfying for you to like be shouted out as like sufficient. Yeah, to to be sort of held in the mind of someone that I am I am on the almost what I considered like the top level for myself and to see someone else sort of reaffirm that for me I I thought that was one of the greatest moments student becomes the master kind of thing exactly it was it was better than selling the thing man I uh I was like wow I uh, I almost don't want to get rid of it he thinks so high of it (laughs) I guess I should uh treat it that way myself so yeah, is that hard to get rid of these things? Like you put your heart and soul and all this time and effort and blood, sweat, tears and elbow grease into them. Like, what's it like letting go? Oh, that that that's tough because the I started making these as a hobby. So when someone told me to put them on Etsy, I thought, oh, I'll put it on Etsy. It'll sort of pacify that. It'll never sell. Mm-hmm. And then when it finally did, I was like. Oh wow! Someone really. <laughs> this is real now. <laughs> yeah, this is real. Someone really thought of this. Like, oh, I think of this. So I, uh, I took that, and I packaged it up the best I could. I was, I was really excited to to have someone want something that I made, but it was it was really hard to get rid of because I was also like, you know, I made this for me. I didn't make this for someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's sort of bittersweet. But I, I, I do enjoy when they sell because i think if someone's buying them then clearly they see the value in it and share the sharing the enjoyment yeah exactly yeah so like these are clearly getting more and more complex as you go (laughs) along at what point like how do you stop yourself and say like all right this is enough this i'm done now like i don't need to put any more work or details into it how do you kind of find that middle ground i i really i wouldn't know i guess I, i still have to find it because I am constantly, even up until the point where I have to ship them out, I'm always tweaking, tweaking little yeah. things, making it as best as possible. And I guess I, I just have to sit and think by the time it comes to ship, I'm like, well, I did everything I could. It's it's good enough. And normally when people get them, they're like, wow, this is, you know, they like the detail I've put into it. And I always think to myself, I'm like, I could have done a little bit more, though. Mm-hmm. That's always the the distinction I find between passion projects and just design projects is obviously when it's for somebody else, there's a point where you have to like cut off and like lose your personality, give away the baby. But yeah, like good enough. How do you find good enough with a passion project? Exactly. I think there really is no good enough. It's it's always just strive to do better each time. That's good. I can appreciate that. So how long have you been doing this now? Uh, Well, really, this is only my second year. Okay, so, so two I, years in, making props. I guess uh, as a hobby, all my life, I've always been building little things, but uh, to make them for other people, I've only been doing it for about two years now. Okay, so. okay. What was your first like thing that you've made and like, called your own and been proud of? Oh, wow. That, um, that probably goes back a while ago. That was like middle school when okay. I, I started building things for myself. I... Uh, I used to watch this one YouTuber, the uh, the King of Random. King and I, of uh, Random. Yeah, he that was. Sounds great. like a, that sounds like a middle school era. Oh, <laughs> it, it, was, it had the intro, YouTube. you know, the loud, the loud. What's up, YouTube? It's your boy back again with another one. Don't forget to smash that beep like button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it always, it always. 
share, like, and subscribe. Always, always ended. <laughs> Brought with to that. you by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not sponsored by shit. Raid Shadow Legends. No, we wish, but uh, I'd, I'd be sponsored by pretty much anybody. Not yet, point. not yet. We'll get there. If one you day. were sponsored, what would you make? I mean, since building things from video games and movies is sort of my speciality. Uh, if if uh, shout out to Raid Shadow Legends, I would, I would, <laughs> I would personally love to build anything. You I'm tell sorry, me. Bill. I don't think they're listening. They're not. A man can dream. A man Chris. can dream. Actually, you're right. A man can dream. You know, so let's get back to this dream. What would you make with your your unlimited funding? With my unlimited funding, I would you start with like one game series, move out from there, just tackle it all. I guess I would sort of do things I always wanted as a kid. You know, make a, everyone wants a lightsaber. Everyone wants a lightsaber or a lancer from Gears of War. Yeah, like, it's a chainsaw and a gun. It's so cool. See, that's that's what I love about the, the 3D printing technology. It, it allowed me to take those things that I always thought were super cool and would really never exist in any capacity except on a screen, and to be able to take that and actually physically hold it is. It's, I mean, I've I've made things for buddies and they sort of get like a little childlike wonder you know right it's this thing it's real yeah exactly it's one thing to to play a game and some people get so passionate about video games and they they love the whole lore the everything the story the props and then when you actually you know have them something that uh was so personally to you in a in a game something that uh you loved to be able to physically hold it is is crazy yeah. So for you, when did these things kind of become real? Because you're, you know, for most people who are just seeing these at the, as a finished product, you're like, oh, this is cool. I could see maybe a couple pieces that are like put together. But for you, you're the man behind the curtain. You see the whole process. Does is it? Is there a certain turning point where this goes from all right, this is a collection of foam to this is now a prop that I can call a thing? Uh, I guess that's the the painting stage. Okay. Because it's one thing to have the whole thing assembled. And it's all just a blank white slate. And it's it's almost like a render, mm-hmm. like a, a model. And as soon as you get the paint on there, you see the contrast between those two parts. You see the inner workings. You sort of watch. It's, it's almost like an artist painting on a canvas. It just brings it to life. Yeah, exactly. You, you watch it become what it is. I love that. And then, yeah, just so... I always go back to art being a means of eliciting an emotion. Do you feel like the, like making props, like you think you said before, your friends get all giddy. Do you think that this elicits a similar emotion to like living your favorite movie or game or something? Exactly. It's almost, uh, if you, if you can't actually, you know, we can't go into a game yet. Uh, shout out to Oculus eventually eventually we'll get there the brain chip (laughs) i'm in (laughs) i just learned kung fu (laughs) (laughs) once we get you know once elon musk puts a chip in our head we'll actually get to live out our fantasies i'm terrified Uh, imagine pop-up ads i I just i can't wait to get a spotify ad well they're talking about putting um pop-up ads on locked samsung phones like on your lock screen just having a pop-up ad that'd be there so I, i i gotta sit there and just watch like Jeff Bezos tell me to buy something before I can text someone. Maybe I think it's only like like a like an image one, not a video. <laughs> but oh my god, a- ad culture is getting ridiculous. Yeah, at that point I'm going back to the Nokia. This is brought to you by now. Sponsor me, anybody, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. So would you start? What franchise would you start with first? With franchise. Uh, I always. I mean, as you can tell, I I like to fall out. Uh, <laughs> Fallout has some pretty cool prop design. None of it makes any sense, but it is like interesting how they piece together. Like it feels like it's a post-apocalyptic thing. Yep. I always I loved it because it was just a uh, it was almost a joke play on all the the uh, the American culture around guns. They had yeah they had way too big guns in the game and they were utterly ridiculous. And I think like laser musket that those two words together don't make any sense to me. Exactly. It was it was I mean imagine a futuristic. A colonist or pilgrim with a laser musket like that's hilarious it would it was so eccentric that i sort of loved the design because it was it was something that you it was taking something that really exists and then just pushing it a little further mm-hmm. to so the you like that world building yeah i always find myself like <laughs> just laughing at how like i try to play the, those bethesda games every once in a while but it, they just get so like glitchy and just awkward <laughs> halt <mean>, citizen <laughs> half the fun was watching my character just no clip into the void i love ragdolling too ragdolling is pretty fun <laughs> i feel like uh people don't appreciate that in in the games anymore that was that was half the fun to get a bug be kids these days have not broken games when i was a boy our games were came in pieces we had to glue them together <laughs> let me tell you the disc took eight years to put together <laughs> Back when I was a boy, we had video games, and that was called a baseball. <laughs> it, it was terrible when you lost it. You had to go buy a new copy, go down to GameStop, and get a new ball. <laughs> I'm sitting here, 19, telling you that I'm I'm like acting like an old man. Well, <laughs> you can be an old man if you want to be an old man, Dylan. I guess I'll so. just <laughs> just gotta let your mustache grow in a little bit more. Oh, I wish I could grow a mustache, man. I tried. I tried mutton chops. I can't get anything that glorious right now, Chris. But uh, I'm working on the sideburns. You want to know the secret? Yeah. Too bad. Oh. <laughs> I just broke my heart right there. <laughs> well, luckily you can patch it up with glue and paint and any other materials. What? So I know you said you mostly do 3D printing, but what other kind of materials have you found useful, gravitated to, incorporated? Uh, little things like hardware, like copper pipes, rubber tubes. Uh, I guess that just lends itself to the the Fallout franchise because everything was sort of shambled together mm-hmm. last minute. So using real existing hardware to give it authenticity. Yeah, that that was one of the things that also you were you were talking about um, making something come to life was using things that you would already know to exist on a prop, like a rubber hose or a copper tube, and seeing them used actually in a prop just brings another ounce of realism to it mm-hmm. have you found anything that like you wouldn't expect to use like i, I remember in the old star wars set they used um ig88's head as like a canister in the bar <laughs> like they just these repurposed things that just because they had the shape for it you know have you found anything like that where you you take something unexpected i have found old little bottles and things Okay. Um, sort of originally my plan for this, this gas tank was to <laughs> find a little working gas tank for a flame. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it would be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, it's mainly little things that you have lying around that you would never expect. Like this screw fits here. Oh, this old bike chain can go here and taking things that really feel out of place. And then you put them on the piece, and they line up perfectly. 
So yeah, on that, like these are props. They don't have to be functioning. It's cooler when they do. <laughs> it, it is, but they don't have to be. And that so that's an interesting thing to me. He's like, you can just do whatever you want. Like you can just put a thing on there, whatever it may be. And he's like, oh, it's just part of it. Like okay, cool. Can never question it. It's you have you have complete control over what you want to do with these things. It's almost like a Lego set. You can really build it your own way, do mm. your own take on it, and it just allows you to express your own creativity. I've done several where I just looked at the original, thought, you know, I, I could try and do it better, and painted it the color I want, found the pieces I want, and uh, fit it together. And it, it felt like putting my own personal spin on something I love. Cool. So do you usually do, like, prop weapons, or have you done other kind of things, too, like, I don't know, uh, Pip-Boys and, you know, f- phones and things? I have tried to set an armor before. <laughs> and that, Those uh, are tricky. That Those was really tedious, tricky. sizing like it to myself. articulating and everything? Uh, I, I mainly, I guess, originally when I stuck to it, you know, I was a younger kid, so... Having, You're still a young kid, don't, don't I'm worry. still a very young kid, but uh, slightly younger. <laughs> When I was just a wee lad, you know, <laughs> when I was just one of the youngings. When I was just a boy. <laughs> when I was just a young fella. But I always, you know, I was watching Star Wars, man. I, I, was, I loved the Clone Wars. I wanted to have a lightsaber. I wanted to have this blaster. Dude, I thought the, the clone armor was the coolest thing. Oh, I always wanted a set. I mean... <laughs> the, my uh, my old, old hometown used to do Halloween parades every year, and I sat there just like vibrating on the curb just like waiting for the star wars cosplayers to come by i'm like yeah there he is there's boba fett let's go like chris sit down please i'm like okay fine (laughs) i loved it so much yeah just like you said before it makes it real to like see those things exist in the world i was gonna say that's that sense of a childlike wonder you you see something you're like oh man that's real now Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can enjoy it so on imagination, are these all modeled off of existing game concepts or things, or are these mostly from your own imagination? So these are from existing games. Gotcha. But I, I, uh, I do like to design things that haven't existed by taking sort of pieces and bits from different things and putting them together. That's another uh, that leads into customizing it myself. I might take something and give it a better paint job take something and switch up how the blade would work mm-hmm. or uh, just really put a, a spin on it. So that, using more creativity than like recreating. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things where um, they make something in a game or a show and when you really, when it's now an object you can hold, doesn't really line up. No. Doesn't, doesn't really make any sense. This wasn't intended to ever Be exist held by a human in the hand. world. Yeah. This is 10 tons if it's actually made of metal. Like, yeah. So there's a lot of just puzzle solving of something that shouldn't exist and, and making it exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much easier when it's just a, a model that can clip into itself and doesn't have to actually be carried. Or, I always laugh at just like like Sephiroth's sword or like people from uh, like just any, really any fantasy game. They'll have a sword that's like two times the size of their body and like, how do you ever expect that to be like not even just a prop? Like, it's it's ridiculous. I love it. That's that's what I love about uh, taking something that just really shouldn't exist. <laughs> really shouldn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
This, was it like the nuke launcher from from Fall? Yeah, you. Re- exactly. I don't want any of those to actually exist. So. That's the uh, that's the level of ridiculousness that makes it so much fun to make these things. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go to conventions with these? <laughs> no, I really want to. I want to go to a convention with this. Uh, audio description: Dylan is wearing a full Captain America suit. It looks pretty cool, though. <laughs> I just got it, and I thought it would be a a wonderful icebreaker for the podcast. <laughs> Only to realize I'm sitting. Sweating my ass off in apartment. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, hot in here. I have no regrets. This thing is awesome. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it, whatever makes you feel good. <laughs> uh, it's you know your little fantasy you get to step into for a little bit. <laughs> I guess so. The only thing I regret though is not having a sweater as cool as that. Thanks, buddy. Because appreciate it. That outdoes my outfit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That is, I can't say that here. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you just censored yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna holster that one. All right. Well, uh, but on holsters, have you ever made like other accessories to go with these that like match that fit back into a like a larger outfit, or do you do more cosplay or more just prop making? Actually, that that did remind me one of the the first pistols I made for the Fallout franchise. I saw files of the old soldiers from it mm-hmm. and they they really weren't fleshed out because it was it was like a two second scene yeah. but something about that stuck with me I, I really liked the design even if it was for two seconds i wanted to take some obscure little niche part of it and and really bring if it if you alive. know you know kind of thing yeah exactly it, it was it was something that's like oh no one's done this before may as well bring it in so i uh i took some of my old military surplus. I used to collect that, mm-hmm. and I, well, I beat the Boop. out of it, cut it apart, sew it back together, and uh, made something that would look like a holster that mm. it fit the gun perfectly. Sick. It looked straight out of the universe, and I, uh, I sort of gave it the, uh, the, the military wartime grunge, and it, it was it, that was one of my favorite things to make because, I mean, I had seen people make the pistol before. Mm-hmm people make all these things but something so small and obscure and and sort of broadening that helped build the world for me helped help bring it to life nice yeah yeah uh, if you need any leather i have some if you ever want to make not literally i have i somehow <laughs> just acquire so much random scrap material so if you need anything to make stuff let me know i, can I mean I, if if you want anything made with leather you got any props that you ever wanted to exist uh not currently i mean if you can make a full-size uh warthog or a jetpack of some kind that would work i would love one of those thing is i don't have a car but (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, so uh commuter jetpack yeah i I mean i my i commute right there but you're you're looking at my office It'd be way cooler if you could fly over there with the jetpack. It would be really cool. My landlord might not like the holes in the ceiling or the burn marks everywhere. How's he going to reach you? You're right. I could just jetpack <laughs> out of there. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. No, actually, the one thing I've always wanted since I was a kid is the speeder bikes from Return of the Jedi oh. on Endor. Those are the coolest things. Like, I showed my girlfriend Star Wars for the first. She'd never seen Star Wars before. And we went through the original trilogy uh, and just stopped there. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. And we got to the that scene in Endor where they're racing speeder bikes. I was like, they're so cool. She's like, yeah, they're pretty sick. I, w- I would want one, too. I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to drive those to school when I was in middle school. Like, 
It was uh, so cool. Well, I was one of those as a kid, and let me tell you. And uh, now you have a motorcycle. Yeah, starting to ride a motorcycle feels the same. Exact yeah. same. I've uh, <laughs> I've I've done some damage going through the woods that I'm not proud of. On a motorcycle? On a motorcycle. When? Uh, Take well, care of yourself, Dylan. Don't do that. <laughs> when you, we when do you not uh, espouse uh, dangerous risk-taking activities on this podcast. Uh, please ignore the previous guest that was racing motorcycles and skydiving so (laughs) (laughs) sorry jake (laughs) i uh i heard that one i felt uh i felt a little emasculated i'm not gonna lie you uh you brought me on the podcast with someone who does what i do but better (laughs) well he doesn't do uh, prop making he just fixes bikes yeah and skydives (laughs) and and is a retired bike racer (laughs) well there you go but uh, I mean, when you're when you're in the back roads, college of Maine, you uh, you find yourself in the middle of the woods sometimes. I think. Th- are there any other parts of the woods up there? I think it's all middle. Oh yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there any Side civilization? Of the woods. No. No. Okay, got it. <laughs> so, how have you liked U Maine so far? Is the is the engineering program everything you thought it would be? It is, yeah, and the uh, the people up there are great. It's it's really encouraging. I guess um, I'll I'll dive into why I'm wearing a Captain America suit. Go for it. While I was up there, I I got the nickname Cap mainly because I can see that. You know, I look like I'm straight out of the 40s. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I take a good amount of time out of my day to do my hair every. Just, you need authenticity. Just start eating lead paint. Oh man, I believe me. I Put a little granola like it's yogurt. Like, I had Thomas the Tanks as a kid. I I think that's why I am how I am. <laughs> Once again, we do not uh, <laughs> do not advise eating lead paint or any other paint of that matter, uh, with sh- or without granola. Shout out to Aiden. There's a nice gnaw mark on one of our tanks. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying why why you're wearing the, the suit? Yeah. So I mean, this is just first year at college, and you know you're nervous you've you've never been away from the house for that long you really are just trying to fit in and uh be yourself and i felt it super encouraging to you know uh here it might be considered odd for a kid to look like he's straight out of the 40s but i'm leaning into it yeah. yeah up there it was you know embraced encouraged and and people loved it and i thought that was one of the uh the greatest experiences of going to college. I'm gonna get you some like suspenders and a fedora. Oh man, I don't know Checkered if I could shirt, lean into it that hard. Some, some bowling shoes, <laughs> <laughs> maybe some chaps. No, not chaps. Uh, some spats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a pack of cigarettes for breakfast. And oh my god, put them in your put them in your fedora. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Jimmy? When I go down to the the penny store, get some candy. Remember to eat all your vegetables and smoke Lucky Cigarettes, the greatest brand of cigarettes to ever exist. <laughs> so yeah, college is a bit different than high school. Did you find that there was more like freedom to express yourself and you make these crazy cool things and not feel pressured to be like a click mentality? Oh, <laughs> definitely. I went to school at a place where every girl there had a white four-door Jeep um <laughs> noted <laughs> if if that puts it into perspective there really wasn't much uh just diversity in anything everyone really kind of acted the same i mean everyone had their own thing but overall i wasn't really you know encouraged to do the things i do 
So you just carved out your own little spot for yourself. Exactly. And it, it, it felt great to have that spot become a bigger spot when I went to college. Mm -hmm. You know, I just thought uh, having people who would support you in doing acting like you, uh, doing the things you love, that's one of the greatest things you can have. Right. And it's a lot tougher, you know, if you're basing your social culture entirely around geographically, like where you were born, exactly. where you live. Like, <laughs> it's a lot more comforting when you go off to college and there's hundreds of people that, like, think a similar thing to you. Like, I always loved when I went to RIT or when I was touring. I forget which one it was, bro. Like, I saw people, there was, like, an anime convention going on at the same time. And I was like, yo, these people, like, they're weird like me. I can do, like, I can just be what I want to be, like, do what I want to do. Like, no one cares. Exactly. That's what I love about RIT. It's just, it's just weird. <laughs> I also went to, like, a very, like, through middle school and high school, went through very small private schools where everybody just did sports, and, like, that was it. And there wasn't much, like you said, diversity of interests. Yeah. So I find it fun to, like, so, but of, this isn't about me. So tell me more about your experience. <laughs> it was sort of like uh, you start out in a bubble, mm -hmm. and then it, it finally pops. You know, you, you see the outside world. You see all the people who enjoy the things they enjoy mm -hmm. and and just finding people's passions. And I think that's one of the greatest things is just is learning about people's passions, what they like. And you should. What do you think I'm doing this right now? Exactly. <laughs> I get to talk I, to really cool people and learn some really cool stuff. When you, when you told me about this podcast, man, I, I went home and I told Aiden, I told my buddy, I, I listened to it. I was like, I thought this was the greatest thing ever. Because <laughs> even if, you know, it's Thanks, buddy. your podcast, you know, you know, it's not it's not Rogan. I could take that's an unpaid week. intern. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> want to do some editing? <laughs> I could show you the, show you the shortcuts. <laughs> Uh, Here, edit your own uh, your episode. Yeah, my uh, my new podcast. Uh, shout out! Uh, you asked. You said I could shout something out. It's it's Maker's Place. It <laughs> it comes out right before he Baker's finishes. Mace, like. <laughs> Baker's Mace. It uh, it'll drop right before he finishes editing this one. So. It's, it's the same thing. We just have like a like a voice pitch like difference. You know what it is? It's uh, we. Swap. Are you recording in your pocket right now? Is yeah, it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's we swap the audio, so I'm the first one. So it sounds uh, like I'm interviewing you. Gotcha, gotcha. But anyway, it's it's been great to have you on the show. Oh, thanks, Dylan. Happy yeah. to be here in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for hosting. Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't really have many other places I can go to. So. <laughs> yeah, so I, w I would say the first year of college went great. That's um, good. You're still in school. Yeah, you still survived. Still, in, all I, I survived 10, the first year. All Twenty digits. All, all, uh, yeah. Pretty Surprisingly. much. I mean, I, I could stand to lose a toe or two. But you got you got extras. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was given two for a reason. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God. But, well, I'm glad you survived and got out okay. Uh, do you have any plans, goals, lofty illusions, delusions of grandeur for the upcoming years? I guess for the upcoming years, uh, hopefully I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I hope everyone does. Because uh, I'll tell you uh, another story about this suit. So did you make that or did you buy that? No, I, I, I bought this. I wish I could make this. You could have lied, man. Like, I, no I, I, totally I would have believed you. you like, know oh, okay, cool. You're better at sewing than I am. Congratulations. <laughs> I did. Um, I made the shield for it oh. while I was up there. I made uh, the, the classic shield because. The, the, tri the, 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 the triangle. Kite, the kite yep. one. Oh, I should have brought it in. But um this is uh this is another one of those things that inspired me it was uh i made this and i felt really really silly making it 
like leading up to the week, I had no clue how people would receive uh, a guy walking around with a, a humane themed Captain America costume. <laughs> yeah. It was Captain it, Maine. It was exactly I had the big M on the helmet. I no. I rebranded everything. Um and I I th- every year we have this this day called Maine Day and it's where everyone, you know, like a school pride day kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, school pride day and they, they fill the streets like thousands of people and we're all enjoying a uh, age appropriate beverages like apple juice and such. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, we all get to bed on time and early. Yes. But I walked in feeling incredibly silly, wearing a, a Captain America-themed outfit. So why which, did you dub yourself a mascot? Like I, I just, I thought you were just feeling it. I was, I was feeling it, and I was, I was excited. I'm like, this is something I want to do for myself, and I had that little bit of of self doubt that made me feel silly. And I, I get there, and the people. Are, are loving the costume they love me the, the, exactly. <laughs> it felt like cheers i was walking in and everybody knew my name that's great um, but they started signing the shield they they started taking photos that's awesome and it was it was just so great to have like that support you know that that sort of reassurance of of people enjoying you for you Right. And it's not often that people get, you know, this instant reward for like going out of their way and doing something that's a little abnormal to just like just for the sake of like for fun. I'm sure they had a great time. Like good yeah, I mean you had an awesome time, it seems <laughs> like. But yeah, I guess what you could take kinda of take away from this is like don't be afraid to be a little weird. Get oh, out yeah. there and, and have some fun. Like people will appreciate it. Exactly. And and I love personally when people do stuff like this. Like it's it's not just for me everyone can do this and i think we should all you know support people who do that because mm-hmm. maybe they need that little bit of oh you're behaving like you that's great right like i want to that's why i'm primarily doing this is i like to acknowledge people doing their wide variety of like fun different cool skills like i've known you for what a year or two now and like oh dylan makes cool props let's let me get him on the show like let him talk about this thing that he's passionate about. Like, I just love like celebrating people's fun weirdness. Exactly, being able to like have people express their passions, I think, is is great. And supporting people, like you're doing on this podcast, I mean, you're you're learning about everything everyone does, and you're giving them an outlet to speak about it. Mm-hmm. And I I just think that's great. Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. I'm just I'm just hyping you up. That's so I if when I hire you as my intern, you yeah, can also be I my was gonna man. say uh, there's a lot of hats. There's a lot of hats on the job. Uh, you gotta <laughs> wear one of them is professional hype man. So okay, cool. Yeah. And and it's an actual hat too. It's no, no, thing. you have to make it yourself. He's, and he's it has got to it be right over there in the corner. Has to be humane themed too. <laughs> no, that's a dunce cap, Dylan. You can't wear that. You're too smart for that. <laughs> that is a humane themed hat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hope they all hear that. <laughs> uh, that's harsh. I mean, they can they can hear it, but I don't think they'll figure out what a dunce cap is. So. Oof, that's that's rough. <laughs> well, on another rough topic, big question. You ready? Yeah. Could you ever stop? making props and gadgets and things no Never no I, I don't think i ever could i think this is gonna go on so what if you had like lost the ability to make them you could only like buy buy props? them yeah would you still like be into it i guess yeah because then i would see what other people enjoy like what they thought they wanted to make for themselves okay so things like putting that, yourself in their shoes yeah exactly i, I can appreciate 
someone else's work because clearly they were passionate about it. But as far as stopping, I don't think I ever could. I uh, <laughs> my my living room right now covered in Legos. I just needed to make something. <laughs> I feel you, man. Like I love the democratized system that Lego has created. Like you can just make things, whether it's it's the, it's the greatest toy it's the that best. ever existed. I love all of mine they're still buried in my parents attic somewhere but every time i every once in a while if i'm like <laughs> really feeling bored i'll just go mess around with them oh yeah i'm holding on to mine for they're getting expensive now so my kids are getting at least probably 200 pounds of legos hopefully mine don't disappear before i have kids hopefully i don't disappear before I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm more worried about <laughs> yeah, i'm right. just worried about my kids disappearing uh why would you worry about that don't <laughs> Don't don't worry. I'm gonna don't cut worry. that. <laughs> so anyway, back in Maker's Space. <laughs> oh man, I had such a good streak. Oh well. All yeah. right. Yeah, not too many edits on this one, luckily. Is so. this the edit? Okay. Well, well if we're if we're edited. If you right want me now, to splice gonna... in anything now, Dylan, you have this is your free range to yeah, just I'm make gonna... silly sounds. Go. Tell you what, I'm gonna put my mic down and just wipe the sweat off my Boop. face. <laughs> I might, I might cut that. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to cut that. I'll, I have to, I have to censor it. I might not cut that. Oh, oh no! Remember, kids, don't do drugs. <laughs> All right, sorry about that, Chris. All right, Dylan, that's that's enough uh, shenanigans. <laughs> Fair enough. So before we wrap up our time here today, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I know you got your your Etsy store. Do you have an Instagram? Do you have any other social media accounts for this thing? I really should make it as. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, the... I'm sure people would love TikTok, like process videos. Oh, they probably would. Yeah, um, I'm going to do that. If <laughs> you want to actually a, sell them, that's probably the best way to do it. That's a that's a smart move. Uh, it's it's Mr. E Props on Etsy. It's M-R-E. Uh, make sure you give me a link. I'll just put it in the oh, perfect. Um, right. episode description. <laughs> and then I would like to, again, shout out Maker's Place, the far superior <laughs> podcast. You know, I can just edit that out, right? Like, I can just chop that if I want to. And I can pray you don't. Yeah, and then you'll cut me out of my own podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have uh, one hour of just me talking. Okay. Fine. <laughs> just just take out my head. <laughs> yeah. Just talking to thin air. <laughs> Responding to questions that you can't hear. Yeah. But uh, but really, thank you for having me on. Oh, no problem, man. It's, uh, it's been fun. I really I liked your takes. I, uh, I enjoy the the whole concept well you're part of the of makerspace this. uh extended universe now so um any i'll be, be happy to broadcast any of your projects or oh, sales man. going up later so i'm in the mcu the yeah, uh, i know the mpcu makerspace cinematic universe i hear they're pretty big they better be eventually <laughs> someday someday we'll get there but no this is awesome dylan thanks for having thanks for coming by appreciate it appreciate <laughs> you i wish you the best of luck in school stay in school and uh, and your props and all that stuff. Thank you. Well, it's been Makerspace. We'll talk to you soon.